Well, hello, City Church. It's so lovely to be able to talk to you like this. Um, it would only be better, of course, when we can do it face to face. But uh, lovely to be with you. So we've recently been looking at this series on prayer. And I have the great delight this morning of speaking to you from the book of James, James chapter five. It's the last chapter in the book of James. Um, and I've titled this talk, Pray, Whatever the Circumstances. The book's written by James, as obviously the name suggests, and it's James, the half-brother of Jesus. It's the same James who witnessed the Lord in his, the Lord Jesus Christ in his resurrection body. He's one of the leaders of the church in Jerusalem at this period in the story. And it's the same James as the one who made this fantastic speech um, at the Jerusalem Council. You can find it in yeah, chapter 15. It's that passage, I'm sure you'll remember it well, where he talks about um, not just the gospel of salvation being available to the Jewish nation, but also to the Gentiles, to the likes of you and me. So it's that James, just get that clear. It's a really, really practical book. Basically, James says that faith without works is dead. In other words, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, your life should be full of practical expressions of that faith. Let's just read chapter 5, verses 13 to 20. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. Is anyone, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. So it's very, very practical advice. And James in this passage, just as he does all the way through the book, calls us to this lifestyle of prayer, regardless of how we feel, regardless physically how we are, or how emotionally stable or unstable we are, he calls us to pray. You know, things are going well. If you've got reasons to be cheerful, then pray and give thanks. If you're sick, pray. And as this passage goes on, you almost get the sense that the advice is getting more and more condensed, squashed in, almost as if he knew that his time was short, almost as if he realised just how important this was. And he's trying to pack, pack it in, pack as much as he can into a, such a short, short, highly condensed chapter. Verse 14, if you're sick, Call for the elders and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. 
I can't pass by this opportunity. Many of you will have heard this story before. I never get tired of telling it. But for Patsy, my wife and I, we know what it means to see prayer answered like that. We went for something like seven years where we weren't able to have children. And we approached the leadership team of City Church um, about our situation because at the time we were considering adoption. And they prayed with us for three days and they fasted and they anointed us with oil. And the next month we found out that our son Thomas was on the way. And it, it was such a powerful and yet delightful moment which I will forever be thankful to for the Lord. But the prayer of faith will raise the sick. And God is not mocked. He's not slack concerning his word or his promises. There's also another aspect to this passage that I want to share with you. In verse 16, James makes this very powerful appeal. And if you remember nothing else from the talk this morning, this is the one to remember. It says, Confess your trespasses to one another, that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman avails much. Let me tell you a story. Some years ago, we were involved in Alpha, and the whole area of prayer and uh, anointing with oil and, 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 and all those associated images that we've just been talking about come up came up on the talk the one week and one of the members who came on Alpha was particularly agitated by that talk and afterwards he said Chris can I come and talk to you and I said yeah sure so one evening he came around and we were sat in our kitchen and he started to share some of his story with me and some of it was really painful some of it was really quite sad and he was so open um, and it was a really positive great time and a great time for both of us and he confessed some, some stuff, he confessed some sins, and I, I'll be honest, I didn't really know what to do towards the end of this discussion. And I said, well, let's pray. Let's pray. So we did what James was outlining here. He'd made good his confession of his sin, and so we just brought it before the Lord. And as I'm praying for him, I opened my eyes and I looked up, and gang I can't explain this. I, this doesn't fit neatly into any theological boxes. But let me tell you what I saw. As I'm praying, I see this cloud form over him. Whether I was seeing something that physically happened in the kitchen or whether I was seeing something in some, some other spiritual plane, I don't know. But I do know I saw this cloud form over him. And as I'm talking and praying, I see it, it sort of melted into him. That's the only way... I can explain it. And then I said, Amen. And I, uh, having said Amen, I said, uh, how do you feel? Um, I, was, I was quite shaken up by this point, <laughs> I have to confess. I said, how do you feel? Oh, he said, I feel amazing. That was great. Thanks so much. He said, it's such a great relief. He said, I feel amazing. And he left the house shortly afterwards on, I was going to say on cloud nine, but he, he left in such a positive frame of mind. On the other hand, I was quite shaken up. I didn't sleep much that night. I was, to put it bluntly, freaked out. It, 
The following morning, I went into work and I was still concerned over what had happened the night before. I couldn't explain it. And I got into work and I turned on my computer and at the time I was following this particular ministry and they would send, almost on a daily basis, uh, like a memory verse. And the memory verse for that day was from 2 Chronicles chapter 5. It's a passage in the Old Testament. It's the passage where King Solomon, the son of David, was building this amazing temple. A temple where God's presence and God's Holy Spirit was going to dwell. It was going to dwell in the midst of the nation. And he goes to this enormous effort and they've built this temple and they have this huge party of celebration and dedication. And in 2 Chronicles 5, verse 13 and 14, and this was the memory verse that came on my computer that morning, it says this, The house of the Lord was filled with a cloud, so that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. And in that moment... It clicked. The lights, if you like, came on. I realised what I'd seen the night before in our kitchen. That as this friend of mine, this dear friend of mine, you know, did confessed his sin and, and asked for the Holy Spirit to, to come and be a part of his life, what I'd actually seen was it physically happen. I can't explain it any other way. But I saw that cloud enter into him. And it was, it, I, I will carry that with me to my grave. But I'm so thankful because I realised in that moment, you know, it says, you remember Stephen, the martyr who gets stoned to death? He gives this great oratory, this, this fantastic speech. And he said, Solomon built him, that's God, a house, a temple. He said, but the Lord God, the Most High, does not dwell in temples made with hands. And Paul in his letter, in the letter to the Corinthians 3 verse 16, he says this, Don't you know that you are, you are that temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? And James in this passage is picking up on that. He's effectively saying, you know, you confess your sins, not to the blabber big blabber mouths people you can't trust to to people that you trust christian friends people that are going to push you deeper and closer in your relationship with god confess your sins to one another and as you do that and as you pray for one another god can hear you and god can bring you into this place of deep deep connection I sometimes wonder, and I say this looking back on my own life, um, Rodney and Sonia alluded last week to sometimes when you know we don't see prayers answered. I know, speaking of myself, there have been times when prayer has not been answered, not because God has not wanted to answer it, but because I've been holding on to sin. And what James says in this passage, don't hang on to sin. Talk it through with a trusted Christian friend and pray for each other and you will experience the fullness and wholeness that Jesus intended for you. And he even cites that example of Elijah. You can look it up in the Old Testament, but, but James paraphrases it for us here. 
He said he was a man with a nature like ours, a nature like mine. Whoa, that's scary. And yet he prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again and the heavens gave rain and the earth produced its fruit. And then he rounds it off so elegantly. Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. And City Church, we want to be a people like that, that cover each other. Not because we're brilliant or good or um, something special, but because the Holy Spirit resides in us. And it's because that's what God calls us to do. So that we can live ever more obedient, ever more faithful lives. Not out of a sense of duty, but out of a sense of joy and release and a sense of this is what God has called us to be. So may God bless you and keep you and may the Lord make his face to shine upon you. And if any of you there want to talk to me about anything I have raised this morning, you are more than welcome to pick up the phone and give me a call. But bless you. We miss you so much. Lots of love. We'll see you soon. Bye bye for now.